Right, okay. Uh, anyone want to start? Uh, podcast. <laughs> yes, yes it is. Which podcast? We are podcasting as Praxis. Hello. 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 Alright. Should probably do some introductions. Good. Yeah. I know I was gonna say good fucking momentum there, Jesus Christ. <laughs> do you wanna start that again? No, fuck it. Fix it in the edit. <laughs> Get it in post, make it sound good. So I am David, back again for another episode of Podcasting's Praxis. I'm here with Jamie. All right. Alistair. Hi, I'm Alistair. I'm back again for more brain-melting wisdom and knowledge that uh, David is going to impart on me. <laughs> this is the episode where he goes to hospital. I had to go to hospital last time, didn't I? <laughs> Before we start recording. <laughs> here with Alex. Hello. And James. The original James. The original, but not James Prime. This no, has been I established. lost that title. <laughs> okay, so let's just fucking get stuck into it. Let's just get fired right into the news. Who wants to talk about the Brexit party? The Brexit party. Nobody wants to, but sure, I'll go ahead. So the Brexit party are standing in... 600 out of 650 seats. Oh, wait, no, now they're standing in about 270 and not any ones the Tories were winning. Uh, between those two announcements... Wait, 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 wait. How could this possibly be the case when Farage has been championing that he will take this to the front lines against all oncomers? I have no idea, but completely and utterly unrelated to that change in number of seats, certainly, uh, Farage claims to have been offered a peerage but turned it down, <sighs> according to him. It's not just him they've off- uh, that the Tories have offered a peerage, though. Apparently, um, allegedly, um, a character from Number 10, our good friend uh, Mr. Cummies, um, has been uh, like messaging or whatever. I, sh- I assume this is all through like Snapchat or some shit, because I just imagine that's the kind of thing that he'd do. Um, offering peerages to... Um, uh, Brexit party like officials to get them to basically fuck off or like or, uh, deals or if not peerages so um, <laughs> yeah it feels like they're still like even though um, the Brexit party aren't standing in uh, the currently held Tory seats they're still trying to get some of them to stand down because they need to take seats off of fucking Labour yeah they're still standing in a whole bunch of marginals that Labour took which as far as I can see that's that can only help Labour yeah, pretty much. Yeah, if anything, yeah. this is a benefit because they're not standing... Well, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, it's, it's, it's a mixed bag, I think. Um, there are some seats... like There's um, 
the guy who withdrew his application for uh, to st- his application to stand as uh, a candidate for uh, a constituency uh, a minute before the deadline. So um, <laughs> essentially, there is, and this is going to be this is going to be this is an ultra marginal with twenty seats on. It. I can't remember what seat specifically it was at the moment, but um, yeah. So um, it's possibly going to flip back to the Tories because uh, those twenty votes are in Labour's favour, basically. And, I think yeah, it was ultra marginal. It was Dudley, wasn't it? Was it Dudley? Um, I think so. I yeah. Uh, I'm not 100%, but uh, I'll take your word for it. Because Big Nige, Big Nige is going there to speak to people tomorrow. To apologise. <laughs> Probably now, That's yeah. fucking great. Oh, it's a good <laughs> He's going there to apologise, but he would still charge them all to get in. <laughs> There's been some good comedy shit come out of this. Um, someone set up uh, a Twitter account for a Wayne Bailey uh, who claimed to be a disgruntled former candidate who was caught up in the stand down, uh, um, raging at Farage and demanding that he get repaid his £10,000 or however much money. Um, turned out the account was a fake. <laughs> it was a fake so convincing that, that Trevor Bastard now wants all parody accounts banned off Twitter. <laughs> well, ITV definitely, definitely ran with it and so did the Mirror. The, the thing is, though, but they haven't actually repaid anything the candidates have spent. They've just left them all in the lurch anyway. It might not be 10000 but... Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Money has been given over that they're not getting back. Oh, Which yeah. is extremely uh, funny. The whole thing was a racket, wasn't it? You had to pay £100 just to be considered as a candidate. Yeah, yeah. Abs- yeah. absolute rip-off. Um, I think the um, really funny thing is that... Um, because of this absolute clusterfuck of um, Farage telling everyone to, well, all these Tory seat candidates to stand down, a bunch of them are losing, like, losing their minds over it. And it's very, very fun to see the, pe- the people on the right, um, you know, shit in their pants over a collective fuck up for once. Well, I'm really enjoying <laughs> the fact that they're getting to appreciate what it's really like to send money to a completely unelected bureaucratic leader and see no return on it. <laughs> She's on the other foot yeah. now, isn't it, you cunts? <laughs> There's been a couple of them that have threatened to stand as well, and I don't know if they've got them in because it's, we're recorded on the 14th and today was the deadline for the last um, the last possible point that you could put your application to be a candidate in. And there was a story, and I hope that he has been successful in standing on, on time, <laughs> Um, a guy who's changed his name to Mr. Clacton Brexit (laughs) (laughs) Um, who I I think wasn't standing in the first place as one of the candidates but has now decided that because no one is in his constituency to stand for the Brexit party he will now take up the mantle as part of the independent Brexit party (laughs) Now the great thing about that is if by some you know freak accident he actually got elected to parliament his name for the entirety of the parliament would be Clacton Brexit <laughs> I don't believe oh, he'll get good. his application it- in because wasn't there a, weren't the electoral commission considering as to whether that should be allowed or not and we know how fast bureaucracy moves yeah, I think that's what um, David was talking about. So uh, we, 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 either way, it's still very funny. Right. If they, <laughs> yeah. if they ruled that that was allowed, we can look forward to seeing Mike Gapes campaigning as Mike Labour. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, let's let, let's talk about Mike Gapes. Um, so the the, the milkiest boy has been traipsing around Ilford South. 
with uh, all six him. of his supporters. <laughs> literally six. There's a photo of him with literally six supporters, and it's just like, oh yes, this tastes so good. <laughs> At least one of them is there, ironically, as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's Almost, Jack. Yeah, it's probably <laughs> Jack turned up. <laughs> You know for a fact that at least one of them is a real politic fan and is only there to see if he can get a surreptitious holding up of a pint of milk behind him in a picture or something. Um, I yeah, want so, that to be true so much. Oh, I, I really do as well. Like I almost, I, I would almost want to actually go to Ilford South in the hope of getting that picture taken. Um, he's been wandering around Ilford South putting up posters. Um, the posters are amazing. They are in full... Labour colours. Um, he says they're new Labour colours, though, because that's the real Labour. Um, <laughs> and they state that he's, how, he has... How fucking pathetic. <laughs> well, actually, this is new Labour colours, which is the real Labour. <laughs> Fuck off. Jesus. It's a slightly different shade of red. He um, He's genuinely the most bitter man on Twitter. He's incredible. Like, he's... Um, uh, you know, been absolutely furiously tweeting still, like in the last like day or two, about um, those um, uh, recommendation websites for for marginals. Now, why are you recommend, recommending Corbyn's momentum candidate over me? And it's like, <laughs> oh, mate, come on. You <laughs> might say it's a case of sour grapes. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> It's not just the fact that he's got these posters, which also have a little, very, very small white text in the top right corner <laughs> that is the it is the please clap of General Election 2019, where it, it pleads, please hang this up in your window as it will help me out very much. <laughs> oh, fuck, it's just oh, it's so good. It's the most, it's the strongest cocktail energy so far this election, and I'm so here for it. It's amazing. There are, there are, there are more bars in the cocktail logo than there are MPs now. <laughs> oh fuck um, he's also been going around apparently telling constituents that he is the Labour candidate for Ilford um, according Allegedly. to a tweet now, whether or not that's true obviously it was seen on Twitter we don't know although we are going to choose to believe it was true until provided evidence otherwise absolutely <laughs> so I'm looking forward to what what votes Gapes would have got accidentally going to the momentum Jeremy Corbyn candidate because he said he was the Labour one <laughs> just imagine right just imagine if you will uh, so uh, Mike Gapes the man himself has come to your house to, in Ilford <laughs> South to can to canvas your Don't. house and he's he's explaining to you with his puce red face how he <laughs> is the real labor values candidate with that gesticulating <laughs> with the hand <laughs> and, uh, it's just such an image it's an absolutely incredible image and then and then like he like ineffectually you know sort of ineffectually says can you please put this leaflet in your window <laughs> do the milk thing do the milk thing and I'll do it. I'll vote for you if you say the milk thing. Go do it. Do it now. Uh, Fuck, you can't afford to toss away a vote. You won't get me this time, Mr. Seamus Milne. <laughs> oh, um, right. So, an, an actual Labour news as opposed to um, the, the, the real new Labour Mike Gapes news. Fake um, real Labour. <laughs> we've had a couple of little points here we wanted to bring up so Labour was DDoSed 
they were attacked by the lizard squad. Um, <laughs> what the queen? <laughs> no, it's 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 an actual group. They were the ones responsible for successfully taking down the PlayStation Network a few months ago. Oh right, great. Huh. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they, they they apparently were for hire, but they're also refusing to say that they were hired to do this. Um, so they DDoSed the labor sites. Apparently, nothing was breached, no data lost. Yeah. So interesting that we're going down that road. I think that the thing that I noticed about that is that you know labor said, oh yeah, it was sort of a sophisticated attack on our um, you know web services and all that stuff, and you know you know you got your um, usual usual faces coming out and saying well actually a ddos isn't very sophisticated it's like digital vandalism it's like my my dude shut the fuck up (laughs) (laughs) i'd I'd argue that having something that can unite thousands of machines to take down any target relatively sophisticated especially if you know how some of the code works under it i thought the timing of the attack was interesting because it came shortly after labor announced how well their early fundraising had gone that guy who mm. said that it was it was not sophisticated i mean fair play to him he's sky news's tech reporter so you know and he's seen every episode of mr robot so he probably knows his stuff um i forget the guy's name now but a technical journalist did come out and call sky out on that and explain that you know, yeah while it wasn't top of the list of you know, dangerous and damaging attacks. It was still pretty high up there, and you know, given who the target was, this, and this is quite serious. I saw someone else who um, said that, ah, oh, well, this only technically qualifies as the least, m- the minimum level of severity for the for like the police to get involved. And it's like, well, okay. is, does that not is that not still serious enough to get the police involved? Like. <laughs> like the police don't tend to get involved very often. Yeah, things. yeah. Um... Actually, crime is a spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> the spectrum of crime from no crime to one crime. <laughs> from all the way from DDoS to nationalisation. Can you imagine the baying for blood if it had been the Conservative Party website that had been taken down? No, because no one would have noticed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> oh, well, we, this is the same Conservative Party that had that app that you could just log into and take MPs' phone numbers out of their own accounts. <laughs> <laughs> Unless... Coffins have Wi-Fi now. No one would have noticed that their website I, I went absolutely, down. I guarantee, I guarantee you there is a coffin that is Wi-Fi enabled. Yeah, uh, uh, Trash Future do that. If it, <laughs> yeah. um, if it had been the conservative website that had been brought down, though, you can guarantee the police would have turned up to shrug at them. <laughs> <laughs> Even for the Tories, they'd still only shrug. Should we talk about some Labour policies? Yes, let's. Yes, yes, we let's should. talk about the um, National Education Service. Hell to the fuck yes. Is that anything like a skills wallet? Is that anything like that? <laughs> Imagine, if you will, a skills a skills wallet, a wallet that uh, you can withdraw um, over the course of 40 years, uh, one, slightly more than one term of full pay, of like a full-time university. But imagine that, but like all the time. Now so, guess whose well. who's policy that is. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, uh, so a quick, I, I, a quick rundown of the policies that were announced. There was free childcare for ages two to four at 30 hours a week, uh, an extension of maternity leave from nine months to 12 months, um, free further education for adults to retrain. I believe the caveat on that is if you're not already educated to A level standard. Um, and they're going to reopen a whole bunch of, of closed short start centres as well. 
Hell yeah. See that maternity leave is that um entirely transferable between maternity I and paternity? Th- that, I think I it's know. just women. I think it's just maternity as far as I've seen. Um I've not is seen it? anything I've not seen anything mentioned because that's um I think it's Sweden that has that that you know it's transferable between um, the mother and the father. Apart from the first couple of weeks for obvious reasons. Ah, it already is. All right, okay. Cool. I wasn't sh- quite sure what the rules around that were. But either way, nine months to 12 months, that's some good shit. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to what they do with this. I, I just hope that's a really foundational thing. You know, if it's established successfully, I'd really like that to be a thing that's built on because um, the idea of a, a national education service that sits alongside a national health service is real fucking good, especially if the two of them can be integrated in some ways. Yeah, it's revolutionary. I can think of a lot of social care ideas where a national education service would really fucking come in handy. People who've been out of work for a hell of a long time, they finally get the treatment because the NHS is able to offer it and then they can regain some skills through it. Why not have them work hand in hand? The other thing, the other thing to note about um, a national education service like this, um, something that, you know, free at the point of use is... Um, mm. it, it is it is taking the model that the NHS uh, used when it was introduced, which is this thing that essentially society will eventually come to regard as, you know, uh, completely fundamental to society. Like, that's why we haven't seen um, actual moves to uh, full insurance-based healthcare because the NHS is such a pillar of British society. It's it's effectively sacrosanct, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's why it's why like it's taken forty years for them to still fail to fully privatise it. Yeah, absolutely. And um assuming um the 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 Labour Party are actually able to implement the, uh, a good national education service that, you know, does all this stuff and then presumably will be doing even more um down the line than well, it's looking good at least. It's a good mm. it's a good policy. It's a good policy, but don't forget that it's gonna cost like one point two bazillion trillion dollars. Which in those <laughs> days was a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, so the Tories have been launching about figures that they've um it's it's quite back of a fag packet math stuff. Like um basically what they've done is they've taken the costing for the twenty seventeen election and then they've added up the costs that they've somehow figured out, I'm assuming they've hired someone with a really, really big calculator. Yeah, to- they hired um, <laughs> just, just the biggest calculator you've ever seen. <laughs> they hired renowned economist John Guesswork. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they've put all these figures together, and um, the the result of these figures is that it's going to cost £1.2 trillion if you add up all of the 2017 policies. Then you add up the cost of, you know, whatever was passed at the last Labour conference. Uh-huh. Not all of so which will make it was passed. manifesto, by the way. Yeah, not all of which because they closed five meetings this weekend. So the process, just briefly, for coming up with our Labour manifesto is there's a national policy forum. The national policy forum seeks ideas from members, constituents, um, all over the country. That then gets brought together at the committee stage. The committees work through it, and then they see what do we what do we think is doable, what do we think is viable, and then they then push that up the chain in the clause five meeting. That then comes together with all the stuff they haven't come up with, which came from conference directly, and then line by line, the yeah literally leadership of the party, the NEC, 
uh, delegates from the PLP. I don't know exactly how they're chosen, so God help us, but um, <laughs> they go through line by line and they agree every single line in the manifesto. It takes a fucking while. It's a miracle that they can actually do it within an election period, to be honest, but they do it. Um, and then that's it. That's that's where we get the, the manifesto from. But obviously but- it's not happened yet, so the Tories have just made up a fucking number and said, this is the number it will be. And think, they've been roundly shot upon for doing it by everybody, even the news. Yeah, because the numbers yeah. were absolutely ridiculous, weren't they? Because not only they added up everything yeah. that Labour have ever mentioned, but they also worked it out as that cost would be if everything came into effect on the 13th of December on the first day. Yeah, of James James Meadway um, has done a few um, like bits about this, and basically they've done they've done exactly that. They've so they've taken. Um, all the policies from 2017 manifesto, every Labour policy that has basically been announced in the interim period, multiplied that by five years and assuming that as soon, uh, you know, from December 13th, all of those policies are going to be implemented. And that was um, uh, what uh, Andrew Marr also brought up uh, when he had um, Sajid Javid on and um, essentially say, said, like, these are, these are bullshit figures. <laughs> <laughs> like, because um, anyone with half a brain uh, knows that these policies aren't going to be implemented immediately for um, and you know run for five years each. But also, um, you've got to remember that um, there. Oh wait, shit! I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, there was another thing I was going to say that I've forgotten. The figures also didn't take into account like the fact that a lot of these policies would result in the government gaining assets. Yes, that is exactly what yeah. I was going to say until I forgot it. <laughs> it turns out if you earn some, own something that makes money, you then have money. <laughs> no, but any money made by the government goes directly to billionaires, doesn't it? That not that the function of government? Oh, I forgot that bit. That's like basic day one stuff, that. It's like when, uh, whenever you tax someone, that money goes into a black hole and disappears forever. Yeah. It goes straight to Venezuela, actually. <laughs> yeah. So maybe the Tories are just genuinely confused then, because like they they don't think there's any other way to do it. So they're like, well, how are you going to pay for all this? Because you say you're going to raise all the tax, well, but that just goes offshore. I don't understand. On the note of Tory confusion, did you know about the concepts of up and down? I've heard of them. I'm not intimately mm, familiar though. Familiar. No, he's he's very much not familiar. Um, so. Johnson and this is this is a bit extreme on the fucking like decorum and respect shit but it's still funny because of who fucked it up so Boris Johnson um, fucked up on the remembrance parade ceremony whatever the fuck you want to call it he laid the wreath and he laid it upside down because he's a tit (laughs) and probably put zero practice into this and was probably still at at the very least pissed out of his mind potentially other. Um, he screwed up his approach as well. Yeah, he screwed the whole fucking thing up. And the BBC decided on the breakfast programme the next morning to air footage from three years prior. Yeah, 2016. Yeah, yeah 2016's Remembrance Parade in which Boris, rather than holding a wreath of poppies, was holding some big fucking green thing. Um, and they showed that instead. And it was a cut directly from one bit to the other. So you'd have cut at the very start of 2019 and it moved to 2016. Apparently this was an error. Um, although I have heard that 
Yeah, cut back perfectly as well. I've also heard that um, anything within a year is accessible um, directly to anyone needing footage in the BBC when they're doing this stuff. Anything older than a year, they need to request it specifically from the archive team. Now, I have heard, I have since read and heard from people who've worked for the BBC more recently um, that they had some new software put in and more footage is available. A lot of the people talking about archives were talking about when it's still kept on tape and, and hard digital. I mean, how much of it isn't, isn't kept on tape? I don't but, expect the BBC to be right up there with that shit. But even taking that into account, <laughs> I don't buy it. It was a perfect cut, and then nothing until yeah. someone were like, uh, excuse me. And then, yeah, they just came out with a really weak, insipid excuse, which they got absolutely bodied for the entire day. <laughs> so let me get this right. They completely by accident and by chance perfectly cut in exactly the right clip from 2016 with it matching up perfectly at the start and end by accident. Yes. yes. Someone fell over and hit the edit some sort of decorum and respect onto the Prime Minister button. <laughs> I mean, whomst among us hasn't accidentally done that? Yeah. I, I, I'm lucky if I can get through a day not doing that at least twice. <laughs> Oh, yeah, so that, that, that was fun. Um, the night before all this was happening, uh, Jeremy Corbyn was getting it stinking for not going to the Festival of Remembrance, <laughs> the fun fun place that is the Festival of Remembrance. Um, picture rather than do picture that... Picturing Boris Johnson in a field of poppies with a cricket hat and a whistle. <laughs> <laughs> um, rather than do that, uh, Jeremy Corbyn went up to meet victims of the flooding. Um, what a prick! What a, what what a horrible prick! Who does he think um, he is? Potential prime minister. I know. It's, <laughs> it's, it's scandalous, really. He should have been doing what any red-blooded Englishman would do at that moment, which is throwing shapes for the war dead. Presumably. <laughs> uh, I I it feels like Poppy uh, War Christmas gets closer every year. Yeah, it doing is. the Fortnite dance. To the last post. As someone who <laughs> traditionally, you know, does like spare a moment for Remembrance Day for Remembrance Day for uh, familial reasons, I'm really pissed off now. We've just uh, capitalism has grabbed full hold of um, like you know, the whole poppy thing. Remembrance Sunday. It's not even. It's not even strictly capitalism that's grabbed full hold of it. It's um, it, it's, it's fascism. It's, the militarism. It's, 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 it's British nationalism and yeah, and yeah. fucking militarism and fascism and all the badisms, they've all fucking grabbed on. Um, and funnily enough, it happened about this two seconds after fucking Harry Patch died. Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure the timing was purely coincidental. I mean, whomst, oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. whomst well, among us, etc. The, <laughs> the reason I, the reason I pick, picked on the capitalist part especially is because it's going through the same shit that like Valentine's and Halloween and all that stuff goes through where they start it as early as early and early and earlier as possible and try it and it's not just poppies anymore it's all god awful manner of tat and shit with a poppy on it it does feel like eventually we're going to end up we're going to end up giving each other remembrance cards can i can i just i just want to bring up <laughs> remembrance cards i just want to briefly bring up my personal favorite um you know, poppy-related uh, madness, which is there was a statue last year um, encased in a glass or a plastic uh, 
like oh, prison, I guess. Thing. Yeah, and um, <laughs> like it literally poppies in the base of it, propelled around the statue by fans. It is literally like the fucking crystal maze, but with poppies. Did <laughs> anyone really the crassest thing I've ever heard of. I, I, I really like the, um, the, the Luftwaffe scout plane with the poppy drop tank on it. Oh. With Lest We Forget painted across the wings that happened this year. That was cool. Um... <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah, I think the winner yeah. for me was the horse with the scene of remembrance shaved oh, into it. Oh, good lord. Fuck <laughs> me. That was, that was that was that was the most cursed thing I've ever seen. Now, um, for the for the for the listener at home who may not have seen this, it was so. Um, I imagine you know what a horse looks like. Now, imagine Steady a on horse, there, professor. <laughs> imagine a horse with shaved in sh- shaved into its fur is. Uh, you know the uh, silhouette of the uh, is it well, is the unknown soldier, and lest we forget, and it's just like literally like a panoramic sort of picture of remembrance shaved into the side of a horse. Well, football as usual. F- football as usual got in on the act when a mascot paraded out on the pitch, literally dressed in a poppy costume, as in the, oh, the with costume the giant shoes. That, a poppy. That was. That was the tackiest fucking thing. The clown shoes of respect. That was fucking amazing. Yeah. <laughs> the clown shoes of respect. Yeah. Now there's a phrase. <laughs> it, the best oh, part fuck. about that was the, the security guard holding the tan as he brought it out like it was a punishment. Look at what this fucking thing has done. <laughs> this, this child didn't remember sufficiently and now will never forget. He has been entombed in the poppy. <laughs> The really best bit is the security guy looks like he works in one of the fucking prisons in an episode of Porridge as well. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just really, oh, it's really irritating. It's just, it, it's not the point of the day. It does, yeah, it does my tits in as well. It really does. Like, yeah. th- there is a very good point in why Remembrance Day could be a good thing. We, we remember the deaths that fascism and imperialism impose on the working classes. That yeah. would be good. I mean, it's not. Sure. I mean, obviously, those are very good reasons to remember, like um, those who died in war. But also, just the fact that war, like essentially, regardless of its reason or its cause, is, you know, as Harry Patch said, it's organized murder. It is people being like thousands and thousands, millions, in you know, throughout history who have been killed because of war well, and actually yeah. maybe this is not desirable well, that's, that's yeah, the whole point. and that's just that's the whole point completely of forgotten that's the, that <laughs> yeah. the whole point of lest we forget so you don't yeah that's what well, you're yeah. meant to not forget it was <laughs> you're not supposed to fetishize the damn thing yeah it's a good thing to remember the people who've died in war and you know their sacrifice but you don't need like a fucking giant poppy stuck to the radiator of your car like it's red nose day to do that. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> um yeah, it's it's also worth noting that there is only one war that was ever a good war. And we're still fighting it. It's the class war. Oh damn, I thought you were gonna say the culture war. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm, oh, I love I love the culture war. I love um <laughs> arguing with people with statues as their profile pictures on Twitter. Oh god! Oh fucking hell! Um, right, so like, we'll, we'll get back onto the fact. So Boris fucked up there, right? It's not the only time that he looked like um, a prized tit. He also had um, a bizarrely captured normal one 
on an election broadcast. <laughs> so, I don't know if anyone's seen this, but it has all the hits. Um, Straight anything that you would find. It really, it really fucking is. Like, Armando Iannucci was either hired or captured to direct this okay, fucking uh, thing. Do you know what? He actually quote tweeted the yeah. um, the video and said, what oh, the God. fuck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. Oh, it fuck. was it yeah, was so- a masterpiece. I mean, Boris Johnson just stiltedly trying to remember what the working man likes while being interrogated by Guy Ritchie. <laughs> he's literally, <laughs> t- <laughs> yeah, he's literally <laughs> turned into his whole campaign stick is now Boris. What working class foods can you remember? <laughs> no, it wasn't even that. Right, it wasn't even that. It was it gave him a choice, so it was even easier for him. And he asked, the guy behind the camera asked him, what do you prefer, a roast dinner or fish and chips? And then Boris goes into his... And decides that the thing that the working class most enjoy and want to hear is that he enjoys fish and chips on the beach on a cold night. Like some (laughs) sort of fucking dogger. What the fuck? (laughs) <laughs> it just it, it does bring this image of um you know being on a beach with the wind absolutely ramming rain into your face and you're just trying to eat a fucking portion of chips and you're absolutely miserable we missed another oh. bit of uh, boris pretending to be a real person he turned up to the floods two days late <laughs> and then uh, proceeded to get someone to spill dirty water on a perfectly clean floor so you could Fail to well, mop it if up. If I say mop it up, I'm being incredibly generous. So we can shove it around a bit. <laughs> that man has ne- that man has never held a mop in his life. That had <laughs> never. all the energy How do you reckon of when he styles was... his hair. Then <laughs> no, that's wearing a mop, not holding a mop. <laughs> that that bit had all the energy of me as a young boy pretending on purpose, not knowing how the washing machine worked so I wouldn't have to put the washing machine on. That's that's exactly the same energy there. That man is fully aware of how a mop works. No, he is. But he doesn't want to ever... No, he is. He's seen it. He just... He know, I, I guarantee you... I guarantee you he's been forced to do mopping. I guarantee you he's been forced to mop up at least some sort of substance in private school. I've, I've seen the help do this dozens of times. How else do you clean up the common room of all the bits that missed the biscuit? He knows what he's doing with a mop. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, you say that, oh, like, that man's never held a mop in his life. That's a common refrain with him. It's like in the in the, the election video when, you know, they asked, they asked him if he liked Marmite or not. Like, he's ever fucking <laughs> seen a jar of Marmite in his life? And he's like, eh, Marmite, yeah. It's only a banana, Michael. How much can it cost? $10? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. That's it. The exact same energy. It's not. It's not the only. Hang on. Party no, broadcast no. that's come out though. You can't move oh. on without mentioning that absolute abomination of a cup of tea you made in that fucking video. Oh no! Please, please let me move on. Please, I miss that. <laughs> please. I don't want to uh. talk about Boris Johnson's inept tea making abilities. Hey, that could be what loses him the election. You know. I want to talk about the Joe Swinson party. <laughs> That's better. Ah, the Fib Dems. It's not better, but my God, is it something so much more? 
well-being so much less. Now that you link the two things together, the Lib Dem party does have incredible cup of tea made by Boris Johnson energy. <laughs> yes. Would you like to talk about the Joe Swinson battle bus being blockaded so that people could make them have a minute silence for austerity's deaths? I, no, I that was, guarantee that, was that they, they did not have a minute silence in the bus. <laughs> oh, the, right. The, this, this election broadcast with the Lib Dems, holy fuck. I have never seen a more Hillary Clinton energy in anything outside of Hillary Clinton herself. I got a real Jess Phillips energy from it. It was oh, genuinely yeah. there terrible. There were absolute shades of that, yeah. That's that's what Jess Phillips would look like as leader of the Labour Party. Me, I just me, want to say, I, me, Joe Swinson. Me. So the first, so the basically the entire premise of the video is essentially about Joe Swinson saying, "Ah, oh, the politicians are shit. Vote for the Lib Dems. We're not shit." shit. And it's extremely weird that you would put yourself like uh, she would put herself as like the, um, you know, the focus of their entire campaign. Uh, you know, she literally slapped her face on the side of a bus. You know, Joe Swinson's Joe Swinson's Liberal Democrats featuring Joe Swinson. Um, as if any like as if anyone outside of you know freaks like us know who the fuck she is because they don't. <laughs> well, did you see that um, thing on? Was it the Victoria Derbyshire live? They had a focus group on, and half of them had no idea who Joe Swinson was. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's that it's that conference video where they ask everyone who's in town. Oh, it's yeah. a giant wall that says the Liberal Democrats and none of them fucking know. <laughs> oh, that, yeah, is, they are, that is... They are the political oh. party version of that little light you look at in Men in Black. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. <laughs> it's so fucking good. Like the, the the video is incredible. It's it's just an ego trip for Joe Swinson, and it builds up and up and up and up. And you think, oh fuck, it's going to be over. She's just going to tell me that sh- that we should all stop Brexit, which she does on multiple occasions, and vote Lib Dem. And then they do it. They, they added in a jump scale. There's a jump scale. And all of a sudden, Chuck Armour appears. <laughs> Yeah, it's Chuck, Chuck or Amuna trying to hide a visible erection as he says the words "good for the economy." <laughs> it, was, it, is, it was the way they literally... set the jump scare up, though, because we can't get to the jump scare without mentioning the shoes. <laughs> There's a, there is a lot of shoe in that video. Yeah, it was directed by Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, yeah, because. <laughs> There's, there's one punch that comes in from a run when she takes off these dirty trainers and goes and does some stuff. And then as she's reaching the triumphant bit that you mentioned where you think, oh, it's about to end soon. And then all of a sudden, Chucker! Ah! Christ! It really is. It's Chuck. It's like just suddenly Chucker. It's like, fucking hell. Like, like where, did, where did you come from? Yeah, it was, it was a horrific video, but we've got more news to discuss regarding the real brain genius hours party, haven't we? Oh, no. oh, yes. it, it has been a comedy of errors routine yeah, just so... like walking around um you know uh seats that the lib dems have a quite a you know a healthy propor- uh, proportion of the vote and just r- just stepping on rake after rake after mm. fucking rake <laughs> Absolutely. Oh well, they've started to love to bit, see it. They've started to have a little bit of an inward slap fight, haven't they, over this whole? Oh yeah, it's violence. incredible. So to yeah. imagine that 
So how ca- weird is that that the sensible centre party could possibly split? I thought they were all sensible and in the centre. What's going on? It's almost as though remaining in the EU isn't a coherent set of principles. So to catch everyone up on the chain of events, <laughs> so Joe Swinton went on this whole thing about you know never Corbyn won't do anything to put Corbyn in uh, number ten and this that and the other and has been campaigning as if they can possibly win a majority. Um, they then entered into what they've started calling a Remain Alliance. And the agreed parties in this, and they refused to work with Labour or approach them at this point. Were, was it Plaid, uh, Greens, and who else? Um, Lib Dems, Plaid, and Greens. Yeah, that's about all of it. So, yeah, because uh, the the the, the cocktigs have been kind of weirdly left out in some cases. Yeah, it's almost as though they've got a very toxic brand for those <laughs> for the people who actually know who the fuck they are. They're like, uh, you guys got kind of shit. I think I think the reason that the uh, the Change UK Independent Group were left out was because at the time the alliance was formed, they were all on the road in one car. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Stopped off at a rest stop, Nando's. <laughs> so, so they've got, so they've got this Remain Alliance and this Remain Pact. Now, as others have discussed, separate from the parliamentary wing of the Lib Dems, the more grassroots Lib Dems tend to be your more sensible, like mums with a school run type people that kind of still have some principles left. So, it, well, it, yeah. So in it's... Canterbury, um, the Lib Dem candidate there decided, well, you know. Our party policy is stop Brexit. Best thing we can do here is I'll step down uh, and throw my support behind the Labour candidate because that particular Labour candidate is pro-Remain and so on and so forth. After announcing that and actually getting some praise for it, Joe Swinson stepped in and had them deselected and promised to select someone else who I believe also refused to step up. And then another uh, chap, a guy, Kitty, um, publicly criticised it, who they then attempted to deselect <laughs> as well. <laughs> so, so you've got the parliamentary wing of the party now completely at odds with the grassroots, which is fucking amazing. <laughs> Surely someone called Guy Kiddy is desperate for a coalition with the Tories. And we're only two weeks in. They have absolutely fucked that line. So something I saw somewhere on that one... Uh, that guy, guy, learned that he was being what replaced. Guy? guy. That guy. <laughs> that guy. Uh, learned that he was being replaced from reading the media and Twitter and what have you. They didn't bother actually oh, telling yeah. him yeah. this. Was that him or was that the... No, Tim that Walker was guy. that was um, no guy. Kid, guy, Kiddy said, um, "If you don't, um, oh, uh, if the if the National Party doesn't um, stand down." Um, in Tim Walker's seat that uh, in Canterbury, uh, no, that was um, Kensington. Sorry, if the Lib Dems don't stand down in Kensington, then um, Guy Kiddy will stand down as well um, and uh, encourage everyone to vote Labour. Now, after do- making this announcement, Guy Kiddy was like dropped as the Lib Dem candidate for his seat and replaced by someone else. You so, love to see it. Absolutely. It's <laughs> just so, so good to see the Lib Dems just, again, stepping on rake after rake because they are, you know, is an incoherent set of principles. Uh, yep. Trying to remain in the EU is not a political ideology. 
We also had we also had their uh, their candidate in somewhere in Essex um, got banned. Uh, Kevin Race War, I think his name was. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's yeah, that's the a first guy of the election period to drop a hard bar. He'd, uh, he he got done for using the hard R in, uh, in oh, yeah. from a while ago, among other yeah. offences. Now, um, yeah, that is actually in a constituency literally down the road from me. And uh, <laughs> like, don't don't get me wrong, um, Gray's is a shithole, but not for the reasons that um, this guy was, you know, presumably tweeting about, which was um, things along the lines of, oh, look at that black man going into a KFC. Oh, how horrible. And it's like, okay, yeah, that is quite horrible. Yeah, you, it was, it was that you're fucking that. tweeting You've about that. You've not done that justice, to be honest, like. No, because I don't want to use a hard R N word. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't even that. It was the fact that he complained that there was this funny smell and then noticed the black man had walked into KFC. Yeah, I didn't really. I was trying to avoid like repeating those, those horrid words. I, I I want these words known. I want these words known as the words of a Lib Dem candidate. Oh, I, yeah. Have you noticed already? No sooner has the laughter died down from all of these rakes and faces, um, the thugpies are already coming out on Twitter and saying, uh, "You know, realistically, if we really want to s- stop Brexit, we should probably vote Labour." <laughs> yeah, it's it's. Yeah, uh, we're not even we're not even finished doing the rounds yet because they had a guy called. Uh, Flello that they took on from Labour. He's one of Labour's right wing. No, I'm guys. sorry. I'm sorry. Can can you can you make up a a real name, please? Oh, it gets better. Um, Call him Bob. Well, it, yeah, he's, he's Robert Flello, and he was a Labour MP. Um, Bob Flello, and he defected. And to give him his full name, it's uh, it's Bob Chucky Dog Flello. And his parents must have hated him. Robert Charles Douglas Flello, Bob Bob Chucky Dog. Fuck's sake! Oh my god! Apparently he's wow. a real person, and um, they binned him, uh, presumably because they'd just taken him on. Oh, he's left. He's left Labour. He's come to join us. That's great. And then they looked at what he actually stood for and decided that he was maybe a bit too right wing for the Lib Dems, which oh, is wow, impressive, quite frankly. That's an, an extremely homophobic. rare sign. Wait, they found the someone who is too right wing for the Lib Dems. That person yeah. exists. Well, he kind of butted up against the messaging that they're trying to put across that they're actually LGBTQ friendly. Oh, damn. That wasn't an issue for some of the Tories they've had joined them, though, was it? Yeah, no, Philip Lee didn't really seem to run into those kind of problems when he came over. Well, um, uh, I think we mentioned this when we talked about... um, when we talked about him joining the Lib Dems, there were grassroots, you know, people in the grassroots who were uh, particularly upset and I think are still particularly upset and i think we're sort of seeing a culmination of all of this uh lib dem foot shooting in the form of uh there are i mean you know um just because you see it on twitter doesn't necessarily mean that's what's happening out in the real world but there are people saying right the lib dems are i am i am a uh, you know a true yellow I guess, Lib Dem voter, but I will be voting Labour because the Lib Dem leadership are just absolutely fucking this. Like, the the, the, yeah. the the base actually want to stop Brexit, which means you might actually have to elect a Labour government. And they realise this, but the, you know, Joe Swinson being Joe Swinson is absolutely just determined to uh, prevent Jeremy Corbyn entering number 10. 
Yeah, Swinson's got her ego trip turned up to 11 now, hasn't she? Swinson was oh, saying earlier team. today that if, in the event of a hung parliament, she would just go for another general election rather than form a pact with either party, which is <laughs> just amazing, really, isn't it? It's um, a vote for us is a vote for another vote. Yeah, I, I agree with, with you, though, that um, those well-meaning middle-class live-in-a-bubble but you know, aren't bad people will are much more likely to switch to Labour in the light of the shit show. Mm, mm. Right. We haven't had an article in a couple of episodes, so let's do an article. This is an article by Polly McKenzie. Does anyone know who Polly McKenzie is? The name rings a bell, but I don't know why. Mm. Do tell us. Yeah. So Polly McKenzie was the director of policy to the Deputy Prime Minister from 2010 to 2015. Oh, Yep. Is that the same one who wrote the tweet about plastic bags? Oh, I actually think it might be. That would be where we know the name from, (laughs) if it is. Hang on a second. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Someone check. That, oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, my. It is. Did I just make this even better than it was going to be? Oh my you God. actually have. I did not know. <laughs> that is. Remind me what oh. tweet this was. It was peak Lib Dem. I've got it here. I'll, I'll read it out for you. Yeah, please. Four years ago, Lib Dem ministers started agitating for a 5p charge on plastic bags. It took us months to persuade Cameron and Osborne. We finally got the policy in an eve of conference trade in return for tightening benefit sanctions. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Them. It was all okay in the end, though, because the benefit sanction turned out to be illegal and didn't go ahead, so... Oh, the system works. <laughs> okay, so let's get started on this terrible that's fucking a, article. That's a hell of a title. Yeah, so the title of the article is How I Learned the Tories Weren't Evil by <laughs> the person that brought you trading the 5p plastic bag tax for benefit sanctions. <laughs> <laughs> I, how, I learned the Tories weren't evil by like um, wiping my brain like a computer with a big magnet <laughs> she looked right. at the little red light they've got at party HQ <laughs> how I learned the Tories weren't evil by Satan have you ever dreamed about waking up only to wake up again in the film Inception dreams form an endless Russian doll Mmm, suspect. (laughs) (laughs) Bit sus, yeah. With the dreamer going deeper into dreams within dreams within dreams, it makes waking up a slow process step by step, your eyes opening time and time again as you come closer to perceiving the real world, said a lip (laughs) This is a promising start. (laughs) Oh, oh, it gets so much better. Just you wait, Alistair. Okay, right. Um, Okay. your brain medicine. (laughs) Commentary app. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so it is for me and my politics <laughs> so it is for me and my politics I haven't had one political awakening I've had dozens oh wow so you can have multiple political awakenings that's pretty impressive <laughs> is, it, is, is she just waking up every single day and just like uh, remembering that politics exists and she's like oh, shit I'm I think she's got the same politics. She's got the same compulsion that Chuck Amuna does. I'm still not sure that the way I see the world today is the right one. 
Frankly, the level of conviction most political writers seem to have these days strikes me as indulgent narcissism. God forbid a fucking political writer has convictions. I mean, fair play to her. She at least recognises that she's wrong all the time. Uh, and she's still looking for a more right world. Hey, see what you yeah, did definitely done. My first political memory is staying up late in 1992 with my father, nestled on the sofa in the upstairs living room of our house in Birmingham. As the results ticked in and his hopes for a Labour victory expired, I felt his sense of despair as if it were my own. I believed it was my own for a long time. I had a sort of lizard brain level conviction that I was capital not a Tory. (sighs) Okay... (laughs) Around this time, I remember walking home from school with my good friend Catherine, who had no such inbuilt disdain for the Conservative Party and wanted to know why I was so passionately against them. In an instant, I conjured up a rationalisation for my stance. The mess the government had made of child support laws had pitted my parents against each other during their divorce. They had stayed friends, I maintained, until the child support agency ruined things. That... what? That... (laughs) Okay, so she's portraying this as some kind of, like... Oh, what kind of idiot I was to rationalise this, uh, like reverse rationalise this uh, opinion that I had. When that's actually quite a good reason. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Imagine that your brain is so fucking poisoned that you come up with a good idea and then go, actually, that's a childish thought. I shall divert. <laughs> I shall. <laughs> I shall remove that thought from my brain and has, uh, alongside all the other thoughts I've ever had. I displayed a good display of critical thinking and cause and effect. Fuck, that sounds fucking dangerous. Better get rid of that. Catherine nodded wisely and said that made sense. But I felt awkward because I knew it wasn't true. So there you go. That's that theory shot in the fucking arm. Yes, I had a vague inkling that my parents had found the CSA hard to deal with. But I knew the truth was that I hated the Conservatives because I loved my father. The feelings came before the reasons, not the other way round. Both of these things can be true at the same time. Like... No, <laughs> but you can't have facts and feelings. Oh, right. Okay. Mm. I forgot. I forgot that we only deal in facts and that um, politics isn't, uh, cannot possibly be emotive. It can only be factual. No, no. Facts don't care about your feelings. We know this. It's, it's been uh, I think you'll find proven. that politics is supposed to be all feelings now. We don't do facts or experts. That's so 1990s. Oh, right. Just, just, Keep right, soldier on. <laughs> okay. I continued to consider myself not a Tory for years, with other vague political identities layered on top, like George Bush is a bad guy and Northern Ireland is capital I important. Open parenthesis. I had a boyfriend whose dad had served there and who had friends caught up in the OMAG bombing. But honestly, uh... I paid almost no attention to politics. Okay. Um, so wait. So she was. So she was old enough to remember um, the nineteen ninety two election. So presumably yes. she's probably I don't know like like ten. How old is she? Like uh, I'm not sure. Let, let, let's assume that she's heading towards, if not already, forty. Okay. So presumably in two thousand and two, she's probably in like her you know early twenties. Something like I think that's a fairly reasonable assumption. Mm, She's paid no attention to politics, and she knew who George Bush was, 
mm-hmm. and she knows about the war in Iraq, mm-hmm. and she has not drawn any lines between any of these things. She's just said, I knew George Bush was a bad guy, but I didn't pay any attention to it. Pretty much, yeah. So, <laughs> oh, just wait, just wait, just wait, just fucking wait. Your point right there is addressed very soon. In 2002, I had an interview for a graduate trainee scheme at Reuters where they asked me to name a news story from the last few months. I stared blankly until the interviewer generously reminded me of a few. A foot and mouth epidemic, a postponed general election, the soul murders, the death of the Queen Mother. I didn't get the job. No, really? (sighs) Yeah, but not to be deterred... (laughs) <laughs> yeah not to be detailed in the end I came to politics through policy <laughs> oh so she's a fucking lanyard policy wonk oh, like robot. you are predicting so many things in this article and I'm so happy that you're having this run up to it it's so good <laughs> I was a journalist at a magazine called Property Week where I was assigned <laughs> the job of reporting on tax and planning policy as well as industrial warehouses I loved it. I saw oh, how no. insane. <laughs> she's she's I... the big she's the big calculator. <laughs> I saw how incentives <sighs> and rules create system level change or system level failure. I never got the hang of reporting on deals, the lifeblood of the magazine, but discussing and explaining and explaining policy, I had found a meteor. So So it... I went to <sighs> oh, you oh, oh. I just it's this this reeks of someone who should never ever be allowed near politics ever. Just oh, you would be right, and I'll continue right there. Okay. So I went to work for the Liberal Democrats as a policy advisor in housing and local government. That's when I fell in love, because joining a political movement is exactly like falling in love. The feelings come before the reasons. I went to party conference in Harrogate and I stayed up until three in the morning then kept myself awake during the day by chain drinking caramel macchiatos. I (sighs) felt like I was part of something. I belonged. I gazed longingly at the most senior political advisors like Charles Kennedy's handsome press officer and his handsome speechwriter and I dreamed of being like them. Oh no, oh no, I've just read the next line. <laughs> My addiction oh, no. to the West Wing <laughs> bears a lot of responsibility oh, for this, of, of course. course. it fucking does. <laughs> This was my Aaron Sorkin phase where I believed earnestly that all problems could be resolved if we were all just a bit more articulate, clever and brave. This is this is the kind of person who would look at a spreadsheet that said that's like, you know, it's got a big red number at the bottom and she realizes, "Oh shit, that number's so low because of all the poor people." Damn. What's a good a good way then therefore to resolve this big red number is to Get rid of all the poor people by just, <laughs> you know, cleansing She's the them from web society. Come to yes, life. <laughs> literally, have you tried killing the poor and then plugging that into a big old spreadsheet? This woman is a fucking monster. Yeah, yeah. Oh my let's, God. Well, let, let's just go on to the bit where she gets access to the spreadsheet that says kill the poor. Um, then came the coalition in which I worked as Nick Clegg's senior policy advisor. I'd long since been able to observe intellectually that the Conservative Party was not the exclusive force for uh, evil. I'd been brought up to believe it. But I think I yeah. only emotionally... 
Uh, they just they just unplugged the uh, the external hard drive that was you know that had all of her memories in it and just plugged in a new one and it didn't have those <laughs> memories in it and she's like oh yeah they're good now actually. <laughs> but I think I only emotionally absorbed this when I was working day after day. I don't. I, I'm sorry. Oh. I don't believe that. I don't believe she has emotions. Uh, uh. Uh, only facts, no feelings. Literally, think- <laughs> literally. <laughs> But I think I only emotionally absorbed this when I was working day after day alongside talented, wise, compassionate and thoughtful people who chose to wear a blue rosette at election time. <laughs> Those people oh, exist? No, so they don't. This, is, this, has been, this has been like uh, a timeline of like a, a young child who had, you know, uh, feelings and empathy and all those kinds of things and then just as they've gotten older they've just like (laughs) they've shed their mortal shell and ascended into the heaven that is the liberal democrats pie (laughs) i mean she's clearly the kind of dipshit that when the tories say oh the best route out of poverty is work that's why we've got to push all the disabled people into a pit and burn them for fuel she actually <laughs> believes that that's what they believe and that, you know, that that's compassion because they, they want those poor people who can work to, to get out of poverty by working. And if you can't work, well, then... Yeah, true compassion in that case would actually be ensuring that all the disabled people pushed into the pit had some sort of sense of duty about it and were <laughs> happy to do it. So long as they all burn with a smile on their face, it's a good policy. As long as I it's live- carbon neutral. <laughs> a lived, a lived, it feels like a lived end policy would be for um, of, the, of the disabled people in the pit if any of them start a small business then they are handed the components required to make a ladder to leave the pit but that a comprom- uh, composes about one of say several hundred thousand people in this pit <laughs> yeah they got that on the eve of conference in return for benefit <laughs> sanctions <laughs> There are still conservatives I'd cross the road to avoid, but there are far more I'm privileged to call friends. I shared an office with Steve Hilton, the maverick advisor to David Cameron. Damn, he's a wild card. You never know what he's going to do next as as he's just like, you know, just out in the street, just literally murdering homeless people. (laughs) At one point, he introduced me to a policy specialist who was advising on the introduction of elected police and crime commissioners. You know how I've told you that everyone who's against PCCs is just an establishment bore who has to be ignored, Steve told this advisor. The advisor nodded. Well, Polly's the exception. You can listen to her. And most of the time, this was the spirit of the coalition. We mostly found ways to listen to each other instead of starting with the assumption that our opponents were wrong. It made for better government. I believed in it. She got fucking wallet inspected there, didn't she? (laughs) Yeah, uh, yeah, there's, there's that, but it's also she's, you know, she's saying, ah, oh, well, the facts came before the feelings, and it's like, well, this she looking, she's sitting here and saying, uh, you know, is it, it reeks to this, you know, ah, oh, Labour's all just tribalists, you know, they just out dismiss out of hand, um, their political opponents, and it's like, well, I'm sure there is a contingent of the party that do that, but there's also the fact that. I mean, I know for I know that I personally, uh, until probably until like uh, twenty fifteen, was sort of only vaguely aware of politics. So was probably quite a 
a lot more, you know, capital L liberal than I am right now. And it is, you know, coming from that position of sort of um, thinking things are more or less fine and then going, actually, looking at the things that are actually happening in this country and realising how bad things are for some people. And it is a purposeful implementation of these horrendous policies that you do actually start dismissing, you know, your opponents out of hand because of all the shit that they've done. Have you considered that they might just be really nice people who happen to wear blue rosettes, though? <laughs> the thing the thing that strikes me about that paragraph, though, is that they absolutely played the shit out of there. You know what I mean? Oh, you... <laughs> well, yeah, I told you, yeah, you, can, yeah. you know what? We ignore everyone who's against the, the police and crime commissioners, but she's the exception. Uh, we're going to pay her a small compliment before we ignore her completely. And, and that way she'll be on board with us forever. It's just, I mean, staggering really that you would you would fall for such an obvious like gambit like that. Oh, these yeah. are the same. These are the same Lib Dems who are such morons that even when they were told by fucking George Osborne not to back the increase in tuition fees, <laughs> they still did. <laughs> Like as it, uh, to the uh, to the point of um, like we think this is going to ruin your party. You shouldn't back this. Uh, Nick Clegg still went. No, it's the right thing to do. Uh, well, <laughs> sometimes you just can't fucking help themselves, can they? Oh. But my illusions that you could win hearts and minds with decent government and reasonable compromise were shattered by the twenty fifteen general election. I wonder the why. A- <laughs> the morning after, Paddy Ashdown stood in our Lib Dem HQ among the hungover and the heartbroken hangers-on who couldn't bear to face the reality of going home. Perched on a chair, his voice cracking, he asked, why would anyone compromise in the national interest ever again? You didn't compromise in the national interest in the first place. You compromised <laughs> you in your over. own interest. <laughs> He reminded us that politics oh. is feelings, not facts. <laughs> God. Oh, just come out and say it. Oh, just fucking come out and say it. Oh, we'd placed our faith in facts and reasonableness. We'd tried being clever, articulate and brave and discovered that the public preferred intransigence. Now, okay, so now just a, just a brief um, uh, divergence on what ideology is. Ideology is the... <laughs> Uh, presumption of certain facts having more relevance and importance than others. Clearly, the facts that the li- that liberal democrat ideology is based on are fucking wank. That is clearly <laughs> the issue at hand here. And like feelings do come into it because you know facts are not immutable things. Ah. <sighs> <laughs> uh, I knew it was a good idea to get you in for this one. <laughs> No, it wasn't a good idea. <laughs> yes, it was. Yes, it was. <laughs> I need to lie down again. Please tell me there's more. Oh, I miss being partisan. It's so comfortable <laughs> to be right all the time, and there's no view better than the <laughs> one from the moral high ground from which your enemies are the ranged forces of evil. It's the way to make money as a columnist. It's the way to win votes at the ballot box. But even these victories are less valuable than the feeling of being surrounded by your tribe and the warm, fuzzy glow of righteousness. I miss it. I just don't feel that tribal belonging anymore. I'm a political apostate. These people, these fucking people, have never heard of the idea of solidarity. They don't... They don't understand that it's not a 
unthinking, animalistic otherization of their political opponents. It's solidarity, this idea that you like you know, and intersectionality that are we have mutual needs and wants that are you know, if we fight for these needs and wants together, then we are mutually benefiting from that fight if we win it. Just ah oh, it's like trying to explain love to a fucking robot. Yeah, but individuals, <laughs> individuals make these changes, not not groups of people. Groups of people don't achieve things. Why am I not surprised that uh, a Lib Dem doesn't understand that, uh, you know, that there are systemic problems in a society, not just people, individuals moving around, doing things, and then policy comes out? I've just read ahead, and I think we should continue because yes, yes, we should, we should, we should conclude this hell article. In fact, I think we do better when we listen to each other with an open mind. I think politics should be about finding a way forward together, not winning and making the other guys shut up for a few years. I think oh, I all our right. parties and every individual within them are wrong in some things and right on some others, and I think the same of myself. Humility needs a place in our politics. I hope someday it will take the place of the hubris we see from the current crop of leaders. <sighs> right. Right, well, can no I just idea. be the first to say, fucking horseshit. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. <laughs> oh, we should be, politics should be about finding a way forward together, not constantly fucking whining forever that Labour just need to change their leader and then we'll work with them this time. Honest Scout's honour. Yeah, it's, it is, I mean, it's since time immemorial, um, it's why won't the left compromise to the right? It's... Um, well, we'd, we'd work with Labour if they'd just get rid of Gordon Brown slash Ed yeah, Miliband slash Jeremy Corbyn. We'd work with the Labour Party if they weren't the Labour Party, you know. Just like, why, <laughs> I, I, do you know what? I actually saw someone on Twitter the other day suggesting what if Joe Swinson became the leader of the Labour Party? This is the level of... Well, then the Lib Dems <laughs> would refuse to work with her. Just like what? How broken does your brain need to be to just not understand how, like, just what politics is? You know. Just a reminder to everybody that Joe Swinson's voting record is closer to the Tory party line than most Tories. Yeah, her vote record's worse than gold, isn't it? It. Uh, they like uh, Lib Dems like to bring up the fact that uh, that uh, Jeremy Corbyn rebelled against the whip, as if as if that is in and of itself the thing that people care about. When it's actually the things that he voted against the whip on. Joe yeah. Swinson voted with the Tory whip eight hundred and forty nine times between twenty ten and twenty fifteen. Oh, Jesus, There's, there are seventy two actual Tory MPs who did not vote with the whip that many times. Fuck me. Oh, yep. this is... <laughs> like, I, I'm glad that uh, the Lib Dems, uh, Brexit aside, are a fucking spent political force. They have nothing on offer except their fucking skills wallet wank that no one even, again, apart from weirdos like us, has even heard of. Yep. And skills wallets and squirrel extermination, that's that's it. That's actually <laughs> whack. <laughs> Yeah, and, just wait. Uh, just wait until they win a majority. And it's, 
And if anything, um, it's actually very clever politicking on the part of the Lib Dems by implementing austerity and therefore bringing about Brexit um, actually has kept their party alive. So if you think about things on a long enough timescale, they're actually very smart. Hmm. Yeah, so just sit back and rip on your bong for a moment and let that sink in. <laughs> Expand your mind. Um, so let, let, let's let's definitely expand our minds um but oh, let's no. expand it downwards let's expand it down into the pits oh okay time for comment or commentary let's fucking go i <laughs> have five i am going to let you take a pick oh, as so to is it comment is it commentary as pearl so we'll just get stuck in shall we so people going on about oxford and eton I'll just reverse snobs. I'd rather have someone running the country who can think for themselves, not just spout the progressive garbage which stands in for real thinking brainwashed into them by their clever teachers. The free thinkers tend to come from private schools with some shining exceptions. Comment or commentary at? Comment. Ah, oh, that feels like comment. Commentary Oh, okay. that is a tough one. Because I, oh, mm. I can think, I can think of commentary publications where I think that would be published in. But I feel like this is a comment. I'm going to go with comment. Okay, okay. It, if, it, if, it, if, if, oh, so I just want to quickly say, it feels like on some of these, on some of these, it feels like a certain comment could be a comment, uh, <laughs> like a commentary from another publication. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's kind uh, of a gimmick, isn't it? that's how it's still a game Uh, (laughs) that was a comment from Uh, the BBC News website oh yeah see I feel like that could have been that could have been like an actual publication from like like, Quillette I I like that you almost went oh fuck just on reflex (laughs) 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 oh right let's have another like the Soviet Empire, Corbyn's <laughs> okay. government will oh, be increasingly be authoritarian as it seeks to enforce its ideology. State propaganda will be relentless. The freedom of the media will be curtailed. Private schools will be abolished. Bullying trade unions will be able to flex their muscles once more. An insight into the vicious social divisions that labels doctrinaire intolerance will create can already be found in the toxicity that now prevails inside Corbyn's party. Comment or commentary at? Did Mike Gapes write this? I'm going to say commentary just for the word uh, the words used there. <laughs> the, words the, words used there. <laughs> <laughs> the word the words that were used in that are causing me to think. Commentary. There were a couple. There were a couple of words in there that you, you definitely want want people to know that you've done a journalism degree. I think. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. not wasted money. I swear. So that's a that's a universal commentary out there, is it? Yeah. <laughs> a universal commentary is a thing to behold <laughs> it was commentary can anyone for a bonus point tell me where that came from uh, is that the Guardian I'm going to say the Guardian that feels like a Jonathan the, Friedland maybe the Times okay James uh, I'm going to go with the Spectator as well it was none of them it was the Daily Express ah oh. oh, Express that was Leo McKinstry writing for the Daily Express. Okay. With their contempt for our democratic rights and their censorious instinct to demonise Brexit as a fascist-like scourge, 
these people are a menace to public life and to the founding principles of modern democracy. Sidelining them by filling Parliament with levers, whether those levers are Tories, Labourites, Brexit party candidates or independents, is the most urgent business for Democrats right now. Comment or commentariat? Commentariat. I'm going to go comment, yeah. That feels a little bit um, on the vitriol side to be commentariat. Although, don't get me wrong, commentariat, vitriol. I'm going to say commentariat. I'm okay. It was commentary at. Oh, oh, and bonus point, where's it from? Toby Young. Daily Mail. Ooh, spicy. Telegram. That's the Express for the sake of it. None of them again, although Toby oh. Young was the closest one as it came from Spiked, and it was <laughs> Brendan O'Neill. Oh. <laughs> wow. Got to get oh. a Brendan take in there. Right. The UK is full in too many places now. It's time to reduce immigration. (laughs) Most towns and cities are overpopulated with people and cars. We have over 1 million not working and living off the taxpayer. Immigrants of all types congregate in major conurbations, making things worse. The towns with very cheap housing don't appeal to them, even if unemployed. Comment or commentariat? Comment. Comment. Commentariat, the word conurbations. Yeah, mm. commentary. I think. I'm going to say that's... comment. I think that might have been my fucking dad. <laughs> oh <dear. laughs> it was comment. Oh, damn! damn. I'm, I'm fucking <laughs> this one. Uh, uh, you you burnt my you burnt my brain out with that article. <laughs> and um, it came from again the BBC News website. It's one of my favourite places to mine for. I really do. Honestly, the comments you get from the BBC News website are just perfectly on the line. They're just so, so on the line of it could be either. It's really fucking good. (laughs) And for the final one, Donald Tusk is one of the best friends this country has ever had. He has patiently (laughs) endured the ridiculous mess the Tories have made of things and tirelessly argued with those in the EU27 who would kick us out so that we keep our options open. Truly a conviction politician, the like of which we could do with in this country instead of braying toffs, blinkered ex-union officials and friends of Russia. Comment or commentariat? Commentariat. Commentariat. Friends of Russia. That's commentariat, 100%. Colin McKenzie on Unheard. (laughs) <laughs> you are all wrong that was what? a comment on the BBC News website <laughs> you are the BBC News oh, it feels what like it's cheating you? this is cheating I got accused of cheating last week with the Toby Young article I'm not being accused of using comments for the BBC News website as cheating now oh damn oh that was fun that was fun those are, um, those are good ones yeah that was that was definitely a good one. <laughs> so um, I assume you've got an appointment booked for your doctor tomorrow, or is it straight uh, on to the emergency room? Lit- I'm literally sitting here, like just rubbing my eyes. Oh <laughs> 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 right, okay. So upcoming, we've got more election related episodes on the way and a couple of other deep dive episodes planned we won't get into too many details about them now but the next one we're going to release is an episode about the eu what is the eu what are the alternatives to the eu as it stands right now 
Um, so we're going to look a bit remain and reform and see where that could take us. Um, so we'll be recording that this weekend and we'll have that out early next week. Um, other things upcoming we've got is the election live stream. We are going to jump onto Twitch. We're going to have a rolling cast all night. There'll be live comment or commentary at, and we'll be keeping up with all the seats coming in and generally either laughing or crying uh, in a more and more... Maybe both. Drunken, yeah, almost certainly both. So please join us, um, and we'll have the link tweeted out for that one. Speaking of tweets, if you could follow us at PraxisCast, we'll keep you up to date there with the election live stream, any new episodes, and um, any melt dunks that we do as well. Um, it goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway. It's election season. Get the fuck out there. Go do things for your party. I don't give a fuck what party it is. Just go do something <laughs> for it. The reason I don't give a fuck I do. about I it, care. If it... I don't. If it's a good party, you'll go out there and you'll have success. If it's a shit party, you'll get monstered on the doorsteps. So I don't give a fuck. Um, also, you can follow me at Sanitary Naptime. Follow Alistair at SA underscore Ballastari. Follow Jamie at Jordy Goblin. Follow James at Brovine of Board. And you can follow Alex at Ninpo UK. And I think that will probably cover us off for the rest of today, guys. Is there anything you want to mention specifically before we shoot off? Um, please send help. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not sure how many more of these I can do. Tune in next week for Alistair's brain actually explodes. Yeah, we're working towards that aneurysm. Like I said uh, at the start, uh, that actually happened last week. I literally got migraine just before we were about to start recording. I feel like it was my own brain like rebelling against me. Oh, just wait until it comes to the, the election live stream and we subject oh Alistair to comment or commentary at live for your viewing pleasure. Oh, I'm, I'm, I promise you now, I'm going to lose it on the fucking live stream. <laughs> I probably will as well in fairness. I think we all will at some point. Yeah, right, okay, so I think we'll, we'll call it there and, uh, yeah, get out there, go do some leafleting, go do some speak to people, um, do your shit, guys, and we will see you all next week. Thanks. See you soon. Bye. 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 Cheers, everyone. Bye.